how awesome he is. Amen. How much we appreciate him for his goodness and his mercy and his love. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 So good to be in the house of the Lord. Feeling the power of our awesome God today. Amen. How many come expecting miracles today? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're living in that hour when Jesus said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Things are going to happen if we believe it, if we expect it, if we're looking for those things to happen. They are, according to God's word, going to happen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Excited about our lesson today. We're going to um, finish up maybe uh, our lesson that we started last Sunday. Had an awesome service last Sunday. God moved in this house, and I felt led to finish it up. We really didn't even hardly get started good, but I'm going to do my best to get on into it today. Amen. So uh, our lesson is found in Mark, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. Amen. The title of our lesson today is the authority to forgive. Amen. I'm glad that we have a God that really is able to forgive. Amen. Praise the Lord. What would we do if we didn't have that God today that would forgive us of our sins and our faults and our failures? Amen. An awesome God. Praise the Lord. All right. Mark the second chapter beginning with verse 1. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there were no room to receive them. No, not so much is about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they, had, uh, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed whereon, or wherein the sick of the palsy laid. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, of, son thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their heart, Why doeth this man thus speak blaspheming? Who can forgive sins but God? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they uh, so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, in, in, uh, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never saw it on this 
fashion. Amen. Why don't we uh, lift our voices one more time and let's ask God to touch our minds, our hearts today. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord. We thank you for the promises. Uh, Lord, we pray your will be done in this house, not ours. We ask you to touch every heart, every mind, every spirit, God, and the bodies that are sick today. We ask for healing. We ask for victory in every area of our lives today. We know that our God is an awesome God and our God is able to supply all of our needs according to your riches in glory, Lord. And we come into this house to give you praise for such an awesome God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know the, uh, the title of our lesson today is the authority to forgive, but as I was going down through the uh, scriptures reading them, I see where there are several great messages out of this, out of these uh, 12 verses that we read today and would be very easy to preach on either one of them, such as he said he was in the house. Amen. How many believe he's in the house today? Amen. I hope you believe he's in the house today. Amen. I hope if you don't believe, amen, that you will believe before the service is over today. Amen. Another great title would be, He Preached the Word. Amen. The Bible talks about in one place, uh, He sent His Word to heal. Amen. I thank God for the Word of the Lord because His Word is yea, yea, and nay. Amen. His word is truth. One more was he saw their faith. Amen. I want God to just see more than myself. I want him to see faith in me. Amen. Amen. I want him to see faith in us. Praise his wonderful name. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus, main, his main mission is to seek and to save. Amen. He's looking for two things in, in, in us today. He's looking for faith, and he's looking for determination. Amen. Faith and determination. Uh, verse 5 tells us that he saw their faith. He's looking for that among us today. It's one thing to say, I have faith. It's another thing to really have faith. It's another thing to say I believe, but it's another thing to reach out and grab a hold to something and be and be determined that you're going to keep it. Amen. It belongs to me. Amen. The Word of God is full of promises, but we have to we have to be determined and we have to believe that God is able to supply those needs, or that God will do what His Word says that He will do. Amen. Uh, in, in 3 John, the uh, first chapter, I believe it is, in the second verse, he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. There's three things right there that God wants us to prosper in. He wants us, most of all, to prosper spiritually. Amen. I would that you would prosper in, in your body. I would that you would prosper in your finances, uh, but I want your soul to prosper. Amen. 
Praise the Lord. I want our souls to get a hold of something today. Whether we get a hold of anything else or not, we want to leave here today our souls filled up, our vessels full of oil, our lamps trimmed and burning with a new grip on God's Word, a new, a fresh anointing, a fresh uh, a desire to be more and to have what God has got for us. Amen. After leaving Capernaum, Jesus traveled throughout Galilee preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. We find that in Mark 1, 39. Finally, uh, Jesus finally made his way back to Capernaum with his disciples and went home. But someone spread the news that the miracle worker was back. Amen. Somebody told him he's in the house. Amen. Before long, someone was knocking on Jesus' door. Then another and another. So many people began to show up to hear him uh, that the crowd spilled out the door and into the streets. Amen. I'd like to see that marvelous sight today. I'd like to see a crowd gather that was hungry to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Any, anyone else who showed up would just have to wait for another time to hear Jesus. Praise the Lord. And one thing I want to stop there. We Last week, uh, we, we, uh, we read word that that this man, the cripple, had a chance to, uh, or he had heard about Jesus being in Capernaum, uh, but then before he had anyone to help him, uh, he, Jesus had already left Capernaum, uh, and he felt very sad that he missed his opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord and to get what God had had for him. Amen. Every time we miss that opportunity, we miss something that God has got for us. Amen. It doesn't matter who's up here preaching or teaching. Amen. That's not the that's not the thing. It is what we're preaching, who we're talking about, the anointing, amen, that goes out with whoever is speaking, whether it be you talking to somebody else or whether it be coming from behind the pulpit or the singers singing a song. There is something there that we're that we can take a hold of that will help us through the day, through the trials, through the tests. If we come hungry, if we come looking, amen, if we come desiring, amen, Lord, I'm going through those doors today because I know something is going to be said or done today that I'm going to be able to take back home with me that's going to carry me through the next week, amen. Praise the Lord. There's so many distractions in the church. Amen. There is distractions in the church. It's so easy to miss one main word that's coming from the word of God if we're not careful. Just one little distraction. And you know what? The devil knows just when to put those distractions by you too. He knows how to put a thought into your mind. How many has ever had to go back and read the Word of God over the same script that you just read that you didn't get nothing out of it because something jumped into your mind? I have just yesterday. I was reading. I, I said, I cannot believe I just read this and I couldn't tell you what it, 
said because immediately my mind jumped on something else and I, I, whole, I missed the whole scripture that God had given to me. We have got to bring our minds into captivity unto the will and the word of the Lord to be able to receive the promises of God. Amen. We've got to have a made-up mind. I'm coming to church. I'm not looking at you. Don't matter. I'm glad you got nice clothes. I'm glad uh, everything is well with you, but you ain't what I come for. I come for a touch for the Lord. Amen. I come to get my promise. Amen. And I'm not going to let anything go on that distracts me from the will of God. Amen. Soon someone came knocking on the door of the paralytic his house, four of his friends came. It's good to have friends, isn't it? They come get you to carry you to church sometime. I'm glad somebody knocked on my door one day. <laughs> I said, I'm glad somebody knocked on my door one day and said, just come on, go to church with me today. Amen. I'm, I, I'm telling you, I was crippled. Amen. I might not have been crippled in my body, but I was crippled in my spirit. I needed somebody to come by and say, let's go to the house of the Lord. Great things are happening down there at the house of the Lord. I tell you, I feel like preaching this morning. <laughs> this is a powerful, powerful uh, few words, few scriptures that the Lord has given us here to, to, to help us, to encourage us. Amen. Each friend took a corner of the bed and carried him to the house where Jesus was. When they arrived, the crowd, the crowd wrapped, had wrapped the house around the house. Amen. They was, they had there was no room around the house. Some uh, peered in at the windows. There were men uh, who were, these men would get nowhere near Jesus. What disappointment they felt uh, at first turned into determination to get to Jesus no matter what. Amen. My question is today, and I said it last week, how bad do we want Jesus? How bad do we want what Jesus has got for us? Amen. People around the world said, I want to be saved. How bad do they want to be saved? How bad do they want to be delivered? How bad do they want to be healed? How bad do they want a blessing? Amen. we got to do something ourselves. Amen. If we expect to get something, we got to do something. Amen, amen. I didn't just hear about what was going on at the church. I went down there to see what was going on at the church. Amen. And when I went inside, I felt what was going on to the church. And that something got a hold to my heart and pulled me and gave, began to give me a desire even before I ever repented and was filled with the Holy Ghost. I couldn't wait till the next night. Come on, when we get a revival in our heart, we won't want to miss the next night. We will want to be there every chance and opportunity that we get. When we really got a desire, when we really got a determination, it doesn't matter, amen, that we're going to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. They did not know, uh, they did not want, wait for him to finish teaching uh, 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 to talk to him after the service this was their opportunity to see their friend healed they did not know how many more opportunities like this that they were going to get 
Amen. We're not promised tomorrow. Amen. We got to do it today. Whatever we're going to get done today, we got to do it today. Amen. One of them saw the stairs on the side of the house leading up to the roof, and a crazy thought came to him. Anybody ever had any crazy thoughts before about the Lord? Amen. Oh, yeah. Whatever I got to do, I might have to run. I might have to dance. It don't matter. Whatever I got to do to get to him, I'm willing. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Uh he said we could climb to the we could climb to the roof and lower him through it. That was the thought that he had. They had to be uh, uh, desperate and determined to come up with that uh, such an ideal as this. Uh, after all, this was somebody else's house. Amen. I can't even imagine what are them people going to think about us tearing the roof off in their house. But there's a scripture I want to go back to in Matthew the 11th chapter, verse 12. And I, I, I was kind of in between about it because there's different opinions about this scripture. But I want to read this scripture anyway. Matthew, the 11th chapter, verse 12 said, Jesus said, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violent taketh it by force. Ever since... The days of John the Baptist, even before probably, heaven has suffered violence. Heaven is suffering violence today. Amen. And I don't know really how you look at this scripture, but we see that the church is under attack today. Amen. Hell is doing everything it can to keep you and I out of this house, out of the presence of God. Amen. But the Bible goes on to say, but the violent taketh it by force. That don't mean we're violent in the, in, the, in the sense of fighting each other. But the Bible tells us that the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. Praise the Lord. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, he gives us a scripture there that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting principalities and powers. Amen. Those people up yonder in the White House and different places that are trying to keep the church silent today, they are being ruled by a spirit from hell. Amen. I said they're being ruled by a spirit from hell. Amen. But we're not fighting that person that the enemy's using, but we're fighting the spirit that's using that person. Amen. Our, the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down a stronghold. How many people we got in the house today that believe your prayers are effectual? Amen. That you believe that your prayers are going to pull down those strongholds. Amen. The devil tells you your kids ain't going to be saved. How many is determined to fight? How many is determined to get violent in the spirit? And the devil, you might as well lie to somebody else. Else, because I'm standing in the gap. I'm going to make up the hedge. I'm going to bombard heaven every day, all day long. I'm going to see my kids come in. I'm going to get my healing. I'm going to touch heaven's throne. I'm going to get desperate. I'm going to get violent. I'm going to let my faith, amen, get out of my way. Don't try to hinder me. I come to get what God said I could have today. If I got a Father, amen, but I know the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much.
much. Amen. We may not get it the first time, Brother Bill, but we got to get violent and we got to keep praying. Amen. We got to make up our mind. I ain't quitting today. You might as well go talk to somebody else. Amen. How bad do we want it? Our blessings and our miracle is right here, but sometimes we have to we have to go beyond the norm. Amen. We have to go beyond the norm. We have to cry out to God. We have to we have to be persuasive. Amen. And and make up our mind. I'm going to get his attention. What would have happened to the blind man if he had just sat over there in the corner and felt sorry for himself when, the, when they told him to hold his peace, keep himself quiet? He said, you ain't blind. I am blind. And the one that's passing by is my only hope. I'm going to cry out. If you don't believe in it, I do. I'm going to get his attention. Come on, church. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house today. There's a lot of naysayers out there that want to put a damper on you. Keep crying out. Keep praying. Keep reaching out. The healer is walking by and he's crying out. Somebody touch me. I heard somebody's voice cry out in faith. It wasn't just somebody crying out. It was somebody crying out by faith. Amen. Jesus called the blind man to him. He finished, he left different from what he came. Just like the woman with the issue of blood. Amen. She was desperate. Amen. And she wouldn't quit. She was on her last dying breath. The doctors gave her up, no hope. But she heard of one that gave her a little bit of hope. He said the Faith is a grain of a mustard seed. If you got that much faith and he sees it, it means a whole lot. Hallelujah. It don't take a whole bunch of faith. It takes a faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Hallelujah. Amen. And when he sees that faith, something is about to happen. Jesus is in the house. Hallelujah. The word is going forth in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. He, he is going to minister to your need when we get desperate. The idea sounded crazy, but they went for it. These four men hefted their friend into the, his onto his bed and up to the roof and went to work making a large hole to lower him through. The typical roof in Israel at that time was flat. It had wooden support beams, and, and there, were, uh, there was branches placed on top of those beams, and then it was covered with mud. It don't sound too stable to me, but... I guess they thought it was stable enough. And I can't imagine being underneath all that stuff when these guys went to tearing the roof apart. You're talking about a mess. But the lesson goes on to tell us that 
They got a small hole tore into the roof, and Jesus was standing there smiling. Come on. He was standing there smiling. Why? Because he knew there was somebody on that roof that was desperate. That it didn't matter how that, oh, my God. <laughs> It didn't matter how they got to him. If I got to tear the roof open this place, I'm going to touch him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to put this his bed right down in front of him. Hallelujah. That he can be healed. Oh, my God, my God. If we can only get a hold. Of the promises of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That they finally got a hole big enough to let the man down through. And they looked at him. Jesus was smiling. He was looking up and nodding his head in approval. Maybe even laughing at these four men as they lowered their friend through the new hole in the roof. And set him right in front of Jesus. This was certainly the fir a first. Never had anyone expressed such determination and faith to get to Jesus. Amen. The Bible tells us without faith, we can't please God. But we must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. Amen. Not just come and pray one time and say, well, I prayed and nothing happened. We got to diligently seek him. Amen. We got to be determined. Hallelujah. I might not have got it today, but I ain't discouraged. I'm coming back again. And I'm going to come back again. And I'm going to holler out. And I'm going to cry out until he finally touches me. Clearly, these men had had great faith. Otherwise, they would not have done what they did. But when Jesus saw their faith, he did not immediately heal their friend. But he spoke something altogether unexpected to the paralyzed man. Son, thy sins be forgiven. He didn't go there to get his sins forgiven. He went there to be healed. He was there for healing. We cannot know what was going on in, in this, unusual, in this ma unnamed man's heart, but Jesus' actions reveal uh, man's greatest need is not a physical healing, it's a spiritual healing. Sometimes we are more determined on getting a physical healing than we are a spiritual healing. Amen. And I don't care if we've had the Holy Ghost 50 years. There's times that we've got to have spiritual healing again. Amen. The enemy tries to put things in there that gets us knocked down or whatever. And God wants to heal us of all of those things. Amen. God knows better than we do what we need today. Amen. And it might look like we come for one thing, but God said, well, we need to take care of this thing uh, uh, before we take care of that thing. I heard the doctor tell Richie the other day, and I pray for him, please. I put him back in the hospital Tuesday. He's got so many different things going on. And 
but the doctor, he was telling the doctor what to need to be done, like we do Jesus, you know. I mean, the doctor went to school, Richie didn't, but we always know best what they need to be doing. Amen. But finally, the doctor finally got a word in and said, we're going to take care of it, you know. We're going to take care of what needs to be done first, and then we'll get with, we'll get with the rest of it. But you don't worry about it. You just hang on for the ride. Amen. Just hang on. We're going to take care of it. Amen. And that's what we do a lot of times. We like to tell Jesus what we need first. But Jesus, he sees more than what we do. Amen. This man had been bound to his bed for a long time. But his need to be right with God was greater than the need to walk. The paralytic could uh, have remained paralyzed, but still, uh, but still be safe. Uh, the paralytic could uh, have remained uh, paralyzed, but still be saved if his sins were forgiven him. But what would be, uh, what would he have gained if he uh, was healed physically, but not spiritually? Amen. A lot of times we pray for our families that need physical healing, but they're not saved yet. God knows if they're going to live for him or not once he heals them. Amen. So let's don't get discouraged and disappointed with God if we're praying those kind of prayers for somebody. Amen. And they ain't got their healing yet because God knows best. I'd rather see them saved versus healed. I want to see both of them, and if that's what God wants to do, that's great. But let the salvation come first. Amen. Amen. Let them make up their mind. I'm going to live for God whether I ever get healed or not. God, if you can just heal my spirit, I can still have joy. I can still have peace. Amen. And if you call me home today, I'm going to be ready to go. But if you heal my body, the old flesh might lure me back out yonder, and I'm going to go astray and never and never be right with you. Amen. So I'd rather see them heal spiritually versus physically. Amen. Jesus later asked, For what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Mark 8 and 36. The man's soul was priceless to God, so Jesus dealt with the great, greatest need first and forgave his sins in response to his faith. We all have needs. Some of us have greater needs only God can meet. Some of us need healing in our bodies today. All of us need healing in our souls and that only comes through the forgiveness of our sins. We can bring all of our needs to Jesus in faith. He can meet any need. Amen. He can meet any need. As apostolics, believing, uh, being like the apostles and the uh, first churches, they started, we believe, in proclaiming and praying for physical healing. No scripture text teaches that Jesus only healed when he physically walked uh, this earth, or the healing only occurred when the apostles were alive. On the contrary, Jesus said in Mark 16, 7 through 18, and these signs shall follow the believers in my name. 
They shall lay hands on the sick, and they what? Shall re Somebody say that a little louder. They shall recover. Not only does Scripture declare healing is possible, but we also have personal testimonies of being healed. Anybody got ever been healed by Jesus? That's, I, that's what I want to see. What happened to all the rest of you in the house that didn't raise your hand today? Come on. If you've ever been healed by the power of God, raise your hands. Come on, church. Amen. Raise your, You don't have to be ashamed of it. Amen. That's what's wrong with us today. We get our blessing and we go off and we don't ever give God no praise for it. We need to stand up. Hallelujah. I've been healed. I've been delivered. I've been set free. Amen. No wonder God don't do what we want him to do the next time we get need because we never turn around and give him praise for the last time. Honey, we better start standing up and giving God some glory for what God has already done. If we want him to be there the next time, we better be there this time giving God praise for it. I really wasn't going to say anything about this, but last week, Sister Rhonda sent a book home by Brother Barnes. I didn't know Brother Barnes. I wish I had a, but he, uh, he was a man of faith. I can read, I can know that from reading his book, but he had had a revival going on, and he had developed food poisoning, and uh, he was very, very sick, and he knew that he had a service that night, so he started crying out to God. He said, God, please don't let people come with a sickness greater than mine. I don't know what I'm going to do, and Jesus spoke to him and said, preach the same message to yourself that you was going to preach to them tonight. Oh, church, you'll get a hold of that after a while. Preach the same message to them or to yourself that you were going to preach to them tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't know it, and she didn't know it, but I've been suffering this whole week with a, what do they call that? Sciatic nerve. I don't know if you've ever had one, but I don't wish it on nobody. Amen. I'm telling you, it made this old man cry for the first day that I had it. And it ain't been easy the rest of the day had it. And I, I thought of all the times, Sister Ronnie, you had to send this book to me. Amen. And let me read these scriptures. Now I got to get up there with a sciatic nerve. Amen. And I can't even hardly walk, let alone get around. Amen. But you know what? I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I, I think I'm going to shout about it a minute. I said I think I'm going to shout about it. Hallelujah. Pain, you got to go. You can't stay in my body. I've been here healed by the power of God. I'm going to get up and preach the same message to myself that I was going to preach to the church this morning. And by your stripes I am healed. Do I feel it? No. Have I seen it yet? No. But I think I'm going to shout a little more. I think I'm going to run a little more because by his stripes I am healed. Woo! <laughs> 
Sometimes we gotta preach the message that God gives us to ourselves before we need to preach it to somebody else. Paul said, unless I be a castaway, come on, we like preaching to other people. It's easy to get up to somebody that can't hardly walk and say, come on, do it, do it, do it. Amen. And, and when we get an ache or a pain, we, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it to church tonight. I'm really feeling pretty bad. Yeah, they use that for excuse for everything. Come on. We have to preach it to ourselves sometimes. And not only preach it, but believe it. Stand on it. God is our healer. He is our healer. When we, ha- when we need healing in our bodies... We may bring that need to Jesus and believe he can heal us. If the healing doesn't happen immediately, now listen to this. If the healing doesn't happen immediately, we do what? We keep asking. Now let me just stop right there for a second. Somebody said, well, if you ask again, that's, that's not having faith. If you really believed it, God had done it the first time. Well, I do remember when Jesus prayed for a man to see, and he saw trees and not not clearly. So Jesus prayed for him again, and he saw clearly. It's not that you don't have faith if you come back again. That's what you call faith. That's what you call faith and determination. I didn't get it last Sunday. I'll be back next Sunday looking for the same thing. Amen. Until it's gone, I'm going to be seeking God. I'm going to be having faith in God. I'm going to be trusting God. And where did he said go? Where's the best place to go get my needs met? At the church where there's people of like faith, amen, that believe in healing, that believe in laying on of hands, that believe in praying the prayer of faith, amen, that believe in shaking hell, amen, until the answer comes. Amen. We not only ask, we seek, we knock, as we are taught in Matthew 7 and 7. May we have the same determination the paralytic and his friends had. Granted, that process can be difficult and discouraging as we wait for our healing, but we pray for more grace to keep looking to God for his touch. The Bible said in Isaiah 40 and 31, but they that wait upon the Lord, amen, shall renew their strength. Don't give up on him. Keep waiting on him. Keep calling out to him. Amen. That they shall mount up. One day you're going to mount up with wings as an eagle. You're going to come up out of that pew. You're going to be worshiping. You're going to be praying. You're going to be doing what the devil said you couldn't do. And you're going to have what the devil said you couldn't have because you waited patiently for the answer to get there. And you didn't give up on the God that you serve, but you know there ain't but one true living God that's able to heal us, that's able to deliver us, and able to set us free. And therefore, he said, I'm going to let you mount up with wings as an eagle. And you're going to do, you're going to do what? You're going to fly. You're going to soar above your enemy. Amen. And he ain't going to be able to touch you. 
Amen. He ain't going to be able to touch you. Galatians 6 and 9 said, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, sometimes there's a due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Perhaps in a certain circumstances, God had a different plan for us than healing us of a particular issue. Perhaps God has different timing than ours. It is, a, it is difficult to imagine a scenario in which healing would not be in our best interest. Uh, from our perspective, healing is always best. <laughs> Amen. We, none of us like to be sick. None of us like pain. I hate to have pain. But we know God always ways is always higher than ours. And God knows what he is doing even when we don't. God will give us grace to keep our faith and believe he is still for us and not against us. And will accomplish his purpose and be glorified even through our afflictions. Second Corinthians 12 and 9 says, And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient. That means enough. My strength is made perfect in weakness. God wants all the glory. Amen. I want him to have all the glory. Help me to die, God. Help me to die daily. That you can get all the glory for anything that you ever do through me. Amen. This story in Mark 2 teaches us that our most essential need is salvation. We, we need to be forgiven of our sins and made alive through the gift of the Holy Spirit. We must know Jesus and be in right relationship with him. Uh, when, we, uh, when we bring our needs for our spiritual healing to Jesus, through his grace and our faith, we will be made whole. Somebody say, we will be made whole. When Jesus forgave the paralytic sin, he immediately felt an inner freedom. That's worth it all. That's worth it all to feel that inner freedom, that peace, that joy. Amen. That comes when our sins are forgiven us. Amen. Nothing can ever take the place of the feeling that God gives us when those old sins have been released. Amen. And we've been healed by the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. A freedom comes. A cleansing comes. Uh, he felt something he had never felt in a long time. Joy filled his soul. Amen. But not everyone uh, there was overjoyed. Some scribes who were uh, experts in the law of Moses were shocked when Jesus dared to pronounce someone's sin forgiven. In their hearts, they questioned, why doeth this man speak blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God only? Mark 2 and 7. Jesus was presuming that uh, to do what, uh, presuming to do what only God could do. How dare this blasphemer presume, presume, I guess I'm pronouncing it right, to act in God's stead and try to forgive sins. Who does he think he is? Amen. Jesus knew what the scribes were thinking. I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. He knows our thoughts. 
Sometimes we forget he's all power. He knows everything. And those thoughts sometimes could keep us from getting what we need from God today. If they're not right with him. And he addressed them, and he addressed them head on. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned with themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? And Jesus knew why they were thinking what they were thinking. The word of God teaches that no man can, do, can forgive sins. Only God could forgive sins. The scribes were right about one thing, uh, but they were wrong that Jesus was blaspheming. They were right about only God can forgive sin, but they were wrong about Jesus blaspheming because they didn't understand who Jesus really was. They thought he was just a man, a wicked one at that, who dared to claim that it, and the attributes of God. They did not understand that he was the Son of God. He was God in the flesh who exercised all the authority of God. Jesus also knew they would not believe that the parallel sins were forgiven, so he worked another miracle for the glory of God. Jesus proposed a simple test, whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man had power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up your bed, and go thy way into thine house. The cloud grasped right before their eyes. The paralytic stood up. Then he did exactly what Jesus told him to do. Immediately he rose, he took up his bed, and went forth before them all. He might have wanted to stay and celebrate with Jesus and his friends, but if the one who just healed you tells you to get up and leave, what are you going to do? You're going to get up and leave. Amen. He probably wanted to stay around and celebrate, didn't he? Amen. Shout a little bit. But he probably did not just calmly walk out. I'm sure he didn't. He likely leaped for joy. He likely shouted as he headed out the door toward home. As he walked away rejoicing, he heard voices in the house raised in praise to God. The crowd was amazed and glorified God. They had never seen anything quite like that. I have to be, I have to say I've been amazed in the house of the Lord what I've seen before. Many, many times. When God can reach them and he can take a no-ranked sinner and turn their lives completely around. And cause them to never want to go back out there no more. But cause them to be filled with love and joy and peace. That they not just want to come and be baptized and, and it's over with. They don't ever show up again. But when, when you really get God in your life, you can't help but come back to the house of God. You can't help but be a, want to be a part of the family of God. Amen. You can't help but have joy. You can't help but have peace. You can't help but love everybody. 
I remember the night I got the Holy Ghost. I don't know what them people thought, but I loved and I hugged everybody in that church. Amen. I had so much joy and love in my heart. I wanted everybody to have a kiss. I wanted everybody to have a hug. Amen. And I didn't mind giving it to them either because I knew that, that the saints of God deserved all the hugs that they could get because they stood in the gap for me and they didn't give up, but they held on to the promises of God and said, God, send a revival that our children will come back home and be delivered and set free in. Jesus is still forgiving sins today. Acts 5.31 tells us Jesus is seated in heaven, in heaven at the right hand of God, which means in the place of superior authority. To be a prince and a savior, or to give repentance to Israel as well as us, and forgive our sins. Jesus made forgiveness of sins possible through his death on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And through his resurrection and ascension to heaven, forgiveness became a reality for us. When we turn to Jesus as our Lord and Savior in faith and repentance and call upon his name in baptism, we can trust that Jesus forgives our sins, not just part of them, but all of them. Not just part of it, but he forgives them all. No matter how bad we was, no matter how far we had strayed away, amen, Jesus put every sin under the blood, amen. Forgiveness, of course, is not just a one-time experience, and I'm hurrying. Repentance is not just a one-time act. Until the Lord returns and we are transformed to be like him, we are liable to still sin even as we walk with God in a life of holiness. Amen. When we fall short of the glory of God and his perfect standards, let's be thankful we can turn back to Jesus and be forgiven again. May we never take his mercy and his grace for granted. But when we, when we need forgiveness, we are invited to come boldly to the throne of grace that we can have mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Amen. He freely offers mercy and grace to those who have faith in him. He did it for all of us. Amen. Not just one, but for all. Can we give God a praise today for his love, his grace, and his mercy? Amen. I hope, I hope you got something out of this word today that's going to help you through your trials. And when it seems like God has forgot you, he hasn't. They remind you the devil is a liar and the father of them. Just keep holding on. He said, when you've done all you can do to stand, just stand, amen, and wait on the Lord because he's going to renew your strength and you're going to mount up again and you're going to fly as an eagle. You're going to run. You're not going to become weary anymore about it. But God's the answer to our needs today. Amen. One more time, give God a hand praise for his goodness and his mercy. Amen, amen. God bless you today. Shake somebody's hand. Tell them you're so glad to see them. Amen. Before we dismiss Sunday school class.